previously, our group stood face to face with a mountain of a wolf in a small corridor deep in the heart of the hideout of the Whitecap Gang, a failing group of ne'er-do-wells spreading wanted posters of our dear Cax. Clearly, someone wants the cube in their possession. The monstrous creature in front of them boasted a mane of ice spears and heaved a chilly breath as it tore into the corpse of a gnome belonging to the Whitecap Gang. Held in place by large chains, two humanoids hid in the corner, expecting the wolf to do their dirty work for them. Scaring the winter wolf into the corner with its captors with a well-placed firebolt, followed by Cax eliminating a foe with a well-placed pair of shots through two dilapidated crates, the other two living the other living humanoid took its frustration out on the shaggy white beast, slammed it with its weapon. In kind, the battered and scared wolf released a harsh blizzard of sub-zero temperatures at its warden and froze it to death. After getting the beast to ignore them temporarily, with some coercion of fresh meat, they discovered a drow body leaking old blood in one of the crates. It was then made clear it was from House Fangrel, Nix's abusive household in Menzo Berenzen. A balled-up piece of paper in Undercommon was then found with directions to find the cube however necessary and to enlist the surface dwellers if need be. The cause of the wanted posters was seemingly found. Nyx polymorphed the great wolf into a small glowing snail, and they left the corridor via an escape hatch nearby. Greeted by a starry night, close by to the Rusty Cup Tavern in a secluded area, the four emerged and were met by Vuzniel, their drow mercenary for hire, who informed them that all the other Whitecap Gang members were eliminated on the outside. Traveling carefully back to the Greenleaf Lectern, they all passed out and enjoyed a restful night's sleep. Leaving the Winter Wolf in the capable hands of Lokag, the Goliath with homeland ties to the beast. In the morning, Nyx discovered that the Drow mercenaries took last night to take down as many of the wanted posters as they could. The sleeping fighters littered the hallways in Proprietor Juritan's office. Everyone got together in the cafeteria to enjoy breakfast. Plans were made to tie up any loose strings in Neverwinter and Longsaddle, before venturing forward. Veyron visited Key and even Thrym, stating that the time is coming near to discover where Bjorn's being held and to enact a plan on rescuing him from his torturous imprisonment. We begin tonight as our party of four continue their late morning journey in Neverwinter. So this is, of course, after the the rousing uh, religious experience on the docks that uh, Key and Thrym had uh, roused a, a rather large number of the uh, drow dock workers slash mercenaries into really pushing them into uh, Faith with Veyron. Sounds like a good TV show. Um, and with that, uh, we shift over to uh, Nyx and Cax. Are you guys traveling together, or are you guys going separately in places? I assumed we were traveling together. And if I remember correctly, we had first gone to the shops for Cax to find his arrows and armor. Yes, that's right. I think that's like one of the last things we did. Yep. <clears throat> so I think we just very expeditiously uh, took care of that. 
Um, yeah, I think you and I were going to get together at some point about going over like any armor that we might have found, but I think we ended up just going with studded leather. Yeah, yeah, we, we left it at that for now, yeah. Uh, Cax, was there anything else currently, or...? Um, no, I think that does it. Yeah, that does it. Okay. So then, in that general area, uh, Nyx, you have the shops at your disposal. Uh, first I want to go to the potion shop. Sure. Do you remember the name of the shop? You know full well I don't, but I the do The Awkward Hourglass! Who... Potions and more! But I do remember who runs it. Is that your future girlfriend? No. You don't know what Nyx is into. I, that's true, I don't. It has not been revealed in our travels. Does nope. Nyx know what Nyx is into? <laughs> Probably not. So, potion shop, you were looking for uh, healing potions, right? Primarily, yeah. Okay. Um, so, through the normal uh, chatter with uh, uh, Less Flame Guard, who is there again, very happy and excited to see you. Through her stock that she has received in the morning, she has uh, two regular healing potions, a greater, and also a potion of regeneration. Okay. All in stock. Then I will ask her in Infernal, because as memory serves, that's what I rolled for. That's right. Uh, I'm going to actually have this entire conversation in Infernal with her. Sure. Um, I'm going to ask her what, how much for the lot. Uh, since you are a repeated customer, let me do the calculations on that. Five gold sold. <laughs> Hey, a man can dream. That's right. So all together with with full price, it would be four ten for the greater and regular healing plus four fifty for the post regeneration would be eight sixty. But she says she can give it to you for uh, seven seventy five. There be any way to drop it to seven fifty? Roll, roll a persuasion check with a little wink. Hey, look at that. The first time ever we get to roll <laughs> persuasion in a shop. 18. 18. Yep, she has no problem selling that to you for 750. Sold 750. Bing! So it's two healing, one greater, and one potion of regeneration. Ooh. Please tell me I have greater. I do. I leave these things on my list for a reason. Okay, and uh, I would like to stop by the scroll shop. Sure thing. With the uh, guy who was named after a pube. No. All right. And for the sake of not listing out all the shit, I sent you a DM. Um, so as you go in the shop, you of course see the very boisterous and loud, obnoxious curly Whizzletop. The old gnome in a bright gold jacket. He sees you, uh, seemingly recognizing you, brings you on in. He begins to show you all the different merchandise that he has. And he 
he leans over, he goes, Anything? Anything at all? Yes, actually, there's a couple here that I am interested in. All right, what are you looking for? I'll tell you what they do. Well, if you I, don't already know. Well, I'm looking for something that could make one of my compatriots huge. Oh, we have that. We have that. Larger deuce is what you're looking for here. Yeah, that sounds about right. He puts it right on the table. Trying to see what's within my cost, because you actually gave me the pricing on this, too. Has he handed me a list of this th- of these things? Uh, you you would you would have gone through. There is almost like a little bit of like a menu. And it looks like it's on a chalkboard that he kind of has to adjust every day depending on his stock. Um, right. So I'm going to turn to him and be like, you know, let's say I'm holding the inventory list. And I kind of point at the bottom of the list on the sorcerer section. What what is this? Raulothim's something or what is this? Oh, Raulothim's psychic glance. Oh, that's a sure. new one. Fuck my stat thing. Go. Oh, this one. Ah, uh, psychic glance of power. Blasts from your hands. Does a substantial amount of psychic damage. And occasionally, if they're, you know, really feeling it, uh, can pretty much stun them right in their tracks. That may actually prove useful. Why don't I take that one as well? All right, add it to the list. Excellent, excellent. I believe that's all I really have the funds for today. And just uh-huh. so you, just so you are aware of what that is, the, um, I believe saying it's incapacitated. Is that even a fucking... Yep. Uh, incapacitated creature can't take actions or reactions. That's what happens if they fail to save for that. Right. And for that, it is until the start of your next turn. Alright. Uh, Nix, if you need more gold, we can make that happen. If there's something else you want to buy. Well, I, I don't want to take anything away from you. I have plenty of gold. There, There is one other scroll on this list that uh, could prove quite useful to us, depending on what we run into. But I would a, be a short. a scroll of kill gods? Um, not necessarily, but it could give us an opening to kill a god. Works for me. How much you Any- need? Curly kind of looks a little bit nervous as you guys are saying this. Be like, you guys, uh, I am uh, legally obligated to say that you're using this against, uh, you know, wildlife and uh, self-defense, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gods be wild. Bears, bears and and shit. Oh, bears. Bears are the worst. Yeah. That's it. These are all good against bears. And he does with like air quotes. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, point out the Dimension Door spell. Oh, yes. Scroll. I once had a tryst with a tiefling down the street. The husband came home. I had to use one of these to get the hell out of there. Axe raises an eyebrow skeptically. Doesn't uh, say anything, though. R- roll it in sight. <laughs> uh, nine? Nine? He seems to be telling the truth on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Uh, Cax, if, if I were to get this third scroll, I'm probably going to be about 400 gold short. Well, we can make that happen. Thank you. I'll I'll pay you back as soon as I can. No, you won't. Call it square. For what? I don't know. Probably something. No, all, <laughs> all right. So, Curly, what is what what what's our total here? Ah, let me. He pulls out a very fancy abacus from the back. I'm uh, I'm horrible at math. You see. Carry the four, 400 times, subtract by 40. A lot of fours you're dealing with. And then it was enlarge and reduce, you say? Yeah. Uh, one, five. Enlarge, reduce, the psychic lance, and uh, dimension and door. Dimension door. Now, you guys have been here before, I recognize you. You know, word on the street is you guys had something to do with uh, why we're all not, you know, covered in lava. Yeah, we, we had a hand in that. That's what I thought. Alright, all this stuff normally... 1115, but... You know, not to throw the hero word around. We don't really like to do that around here, but... I could do 900. Alright. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I'll hand him the gold. And then I will turn back to Cax, hand him his pouch, and say, I guess I didn't need it after all. But thank you. You can hold on to it just in case you need something else. Right. I've got plenty. Alright. I'll I'll hang on to it, but I'm probably just gonna spend it on a potion for you. Fair enough. Alright. Have uh, have fun killing those bears, huh, gentlemen? And he kinda gives you a wink. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see you around pubic hair. Curly. We'll see you around Curly. Uh, you, re you ready to go murder a tiefling? That, I, that, he starts walking away, holding his ears. I heard bear! I heard bear! Yeah, I heard those gnomes can be crafty little fuckers. That that's where the dimension door is really going to come in handy. He shakes his head while he's holding his ears. <laughs> As we walk out of the store, I turn to Nixon and go, I love fucking with gnomes. It's so much fun. I know you do. So, that concludes my end of business. Same. I don't know where to go. Because I wasn't here for the original teleportation back to Long Saddle from that bar. I remained in Long Saddle that entire time. Cax knows where to go. Yes, he does. Cax, before we head to meet up with the others. Do you still have the journal on you, or, or do I have it? No, I have it. Wasn't there someone in Neverwinter we had to meet up with to return that journal to? Mm-hmm. We did. It was... Xander was not prepared for this. Has to Gregory open Bridgeford. Has to open a Word document. <laughs> I actually listened to this episode earlier today. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we need to go uh, north of the river and find uh, Lady Fang. We're looking for a Gregory Bridgeford as he scrolls through the note, or as he like flips through the notebook. Hmm. As he flips you the bird. Lady Fang. Do you know her? Or it? 
Could I roll history for that? Ah, uh, yeah, go for it. Okay. That'll warm up the metal dice. They get cold quick. That'll do, donkey. Uh, 17? 17. You, you want... A lot of the, the more... wealthy people in the city tend to have names that kind of get passed around here and there. Uh, through your travels, you do exactly know. It's actually on the, the midden, the first um, big mansion to the north. On the right-hand side, as you cross that, you do know that Lady Fang uh, lives in that particular giant, rich, fuck-you-poor-people mansion. We have the Neverwinter map, please. You sure can. Let me swap that over. I just was on there, and I'm like, oh, I think we'll need the Faerun. Nope, never will. Did you ever? Did you ever pick up a town map? No, uh, one was provided to me by Mister Blackstone. Hmm. You pull that out real quick. I can actually show you a house. Sure, I'll pull out the map and kind of roll it out for him. So, uh, hmm. Hang on. Why are you holding it upside down? He's gonna flip it around. <clears throat> I don't know this town. Oh, well, I, I spent a grand total out... of maybe a week here. I thought you'd maybe figure out which way north is. I know which way is north, but it's not like there's a compass yeah. on this map. Well, there is, but they have it backwards. See, well, they why have are you blaming south... me? They wrote it they wrong. They have south at the top of the map. I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, anyway, it's it's right here, and he's going to point out the, uh, the house. Um, I think at one point... Uh, Proprietor Jertin actually bought a book from her, so I had to go pick that up. No, all right. But she's she's kind of stuck up, rich lady. Uh, I mean, any as idea long how as we she feels it, on Drow? Probably the same way that just about everyone feels about Drow anymore. Mm. But no, if we if we're telling her that we're looking for a for Gregory, then we, uh, I mean, we'll be able to get the book to him. And I do have the copy, so. True. All right, let's, uh, let's head in whichever cardinal direction you think is the right way to get there. Okay. <laughs> I don't need directions to know where we're going. At least not cardinal ones. Because we don't have wings like cardinals do. <laughs> I thought that necklace was supposed to boost your intelligence. Jax still isn't, doesn't know what the word cardinal means. He's heard it. <laughs> doesn't know that a cardinal direction isn't a straight line like flying. <laughs> Alright, so you guys uh, make your way across the, the midden, the middle bridge. Um, and Wait, the bridges do have names? The bridges mm -hmm. do have names. Cax was just really dumb. I think I sent that information to you like forever ago. You did. Cax. <laughs> <In a DM. laughs> what did we name them? Oh, fuck. Hold on. Dewey, Louie, and Stewie or some shit? Stewie, uh, Dewey, was... and Louie? Yeah, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Okay. <laughs> that was Pretty Thrim's sure Thrim's the one him. that came up with those names. Mm -hmm. uh, Lemire is the one on the left, the midden, and Barnhurst is the one on the right. Mm-hmm. All the way back. Uh, 
June sixth of last year. Damn. Right. I like my names better. I do too. <laughs> so, as you guys are, are about to finish off on the midden, you get there. Cax, you have been here before. You definitely have done at least one sort of errand uh, in this house before. It, of course, is rich and gaudy, and it looks like the um, Nick's kind of going over. You, you now probably have this, like, almost disgust for rich folk like this who just literally live a bridge across from people who can barely make it. Of course, all of the foliage looks beautiful, well-tended. The, the hedgerows are perfectly straight. Not a single leaf is out of line. Um, and the, the entire house seems to be made out of a very, like, beautiful chiseled marble. And you kind of, you kind of think that if, if Thrym was here, he, he would have a moderate appreciation for how this building was, uh, set up. Uh, as you, as you kind of begin to walk on the property, you realize that there are, like, guard patrols that kind of are wandering here and there. People are chatting with each other. It's it, They're not, like, super high alert. Um, and you're able to walk right to the front door with relative ease. You know, it really makes you wonder how important people are when they have city guard patrols wandering their property. Maybe it's just more people that think too highly of themselves. Yeah, but how much money do you have to be worth in order for the town to patrol their guards on your property? Quite honestly, I just think it's a crock and bullshit. No person is worth more than another person. People are no, people. We all die in the end. But their property is worth more than other people's property. It's just materials. Burn it to the ground. It isn't worth anything more than the dirt it lays on. You think you can burn marble? We were in a volcano. Yes, I think we can. I I see. You you push the uh, the the volcano over here to melt the house. No, you push the house to the volcano. Oh. <laughs> right about this point, uh, both of you he hear this like metal latch, and there are two eyes staring at you from uh, a like a peak hole in the door. That's not creepy. And they just lay, the eyes are, it's a very bright day out at this point. And with the way the sun is angled, it's kind of beaming into it. And it's these very baggy elderly eyes, just kind of very like boringly blink once. Business. We're here to deliver a book to Gregory Bridgeford. Very well. You just slowly see the latch go back. And you hear a click. And the door begins to shift open. And as it gets wide enough, you realize this very, like, fragile-looking elderly man is, like, shoving this giant door. And it's it, he looks like he's having a bitch of a time with it. And he finally gets it open wide enough. And he he has like these like white butler gloves on. He's wearing very nice fine clothing, and he 
waves you in. Okay. Is that cheese? I feel like that's cheese. Cax is going to say quietly to himself. He begins to, uh, now that you guys are inside, there is now a handle on the inside, and then it takes them a good 20 seconds to just pull that door closed. Raise about, a sh- half, about halfway through him trying to pull the door closed, Cax is just going to, like, push it to <laughs> okay. the process. <laughs> so he gets it closed with your help, and very shakily he reaches up and shoves the larger latch over the door to kind of lock it in place. Gregory, he begins to walk in front of you, but it's like a snail's pace. And he begins to walk, and as you guys are following this this poor gentleman who looks like he's about to just disintegrate in front of you, um, you, you've seen it in every rich people's house. You've seen it in the... Uh, city of Brass inside the, the Grand Sultan's Manor. Just paintings and suits of armor. Um, the one thing that these large paintings that are kind of dotted around this very long hallway with a couple doors every like 10 feet before. Well, that was a flattering freeze frame. Yeah, real flattering. It goes into like. What'd you miss? right about uh, here yeah you're describing the paintings on the walls and you're just like <laughs> every 10 feet is what we missed so yeah every every 10 feet is a door um that eventually leads into like a t intersection um and the what the one kind of common thing as you're looking at these paintings they all seem to be of the same very overweight white human male and there's there's portions that he's like a painting of him leaning over a kill with an axe, another one of him like lounging on a sofa, and they're all horribly unflattering of him. Um, but there's a sense of like pride in the face, um, and occasionally you are seeing like one or two paintings of uh, an equally aged, uh, skinnier woman dressed in finery, kind of like with a hand draped over his shoulder. Um, and Cax, you recognize that as, as Lady Fang in the portraits. You do hear some voices down the hall. Uh, you're not sure which direction from the T-intersection. I think the furthest you've probably made in this house, Cax, is this hallway before you've gotten what you need and then you've left. Um, but he stops about the third door on the right. And he, the elderly gentleman, like, pats the door. Gregory is in here! And he begins to make his slow shuffle back down towards the front door. And it is a, uh, a basic uh, wooden door. Uh, not, nothing too fancy. Um, but it does have, like, kind of burned into it. Uh, it has um, GB, like wood burned into right in the center of the door. Uh, so this is where Great Britain is. That's where it is. So it's been here all along, behind this door. Uh, Cax is going to look up at Nix and, and say in Draconic, Why are old people so slow? <laughs> what is that gobbledygook you're speaking to me right now? 
in common. He's just going to say, I'm going to fucking punch you in the dick. And he's going <laughs> to knock on the door. <laughs> I'm going to lean down to Cax and just whisper in his ear, I don't speak draconic today. And I'm just going to stand back up and wait for the answer of the door. Sure. Uh, you hear uh, about five seconds into the knock. Yes, enter, please. Oh, another pompous prick. Cag's going to reach up for the handle and open it. Okay. Just kind of turn the handle and shove the door open. Okay. So it's very smooth, opens up into a small bedroom with, with uh, a very large desk on the right-hand side. Um, and there are papers strewn all over the wall. And there, there's no, like, thread connecting any of them, but you can tell portions of them are grouped together. Um, you see a, a ton of books lined up in, in, in rows and stacks higher than UCACs. Uh, a couple of bookshelves that are completely jam-packed with books as well. Um, and you see next to that desk is a, a posh-looking human in what looks like a bathrobe uh, with a monocle, and he's, like, trying to read a book. But he's, like, pushing it and pulling it closer to his body to try to, like, get that, like, angle on it. And he, he, he puts the book down, and now you realize he's also smoking this large pipe. Oh, visitors today! Excellent! And you said this this is a human male? A human male, yes. Hmm. He he doesn't look as uh elderly as the as the other uh portraits outside. Um he's 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 not overweight at all, so you're you're not getting any connection between the, the dude and the portraits and, and this gentleman. I'm going to speak the first two lines of the journal to him in Draconic. And what that would probably turn into if he doesn't speak Draconic is a whole bunch of er, gobbledygook followed by Hotenau, more gobbledygook, Gauntelgrim, and then filling it up, er, rounding it out with gobbledygook. (laughs) You begin in Draconic. And at first, it, it you see it kind of takes him aback a little bit. Like he, you get the impression on his face that he's you're he's not entirely sure what you're doing. But then suddenly, that confusion, like you see his face go slack. And before, he, after I get to uh, now and Gondolgrim, after after the first sentence of it, okay. it goes slack, and you get the impression he's listening. And he, he takes off his monocle and puts his book down, and you see tears in his eyes. Uh, well, I've got good news and I've got bad news for you. In common. Uh, the good news is, Gauntelgrim's been located. Well, I guess there's two pieces of good news. Uh... You saved a lot of money on a partner as well. The bad news is your other partner's dead. He just soberly oh. nods his head. But we have his journal, so I guess it's three pieces of good news when you think about it. I knew he'd find it. I knew he'd find it. He takes he takes a hand and like kind of rubs his face as he's trying to like process it. His name's his name was Texas. 
Taxus Ravaroth. It was 30 years ago. If I have my mathematics correct. See, him and me. We've had a long history. We... Always would go adventuring, looking for long-lost cities and ruins. Eventually, we developed a partnership with Lady Feng. She helped us finance our expeditions, and in return, she'd get a cut of it. I don't suppose you have ever heard of the lost underwater city of Ferule, have you? Pax probably hasn't. I can roll history, but I don't think Cax would have really cared if he had overheard it. Yeah, probably, it would be a high DC. You can, but it would probably be a high DC to I'll recall information it. like that. I'll go for it. Yeah, for sure. 18? 18. You Dirty, have, no, excuse me. Dirty 20. Dirty 20. You have heard of it. Um, it, it forever ago, like when you got here, whenever, whenever people talk about kicking somebody out they'll always they would use a colloquialism of like ah we're gonna send you to Ferul. um it it was hypothesized to be like an atlantis of sorts it used to be a a floating kind of island continent and it somehow sunk um and it it was found although it's still a pain pain in the ass to get to um and it's it's just usually Whenever it's talked to, it's in, like, bad omens of, like, that's where, like, the deep, dark monsters tend to live. We, uh, we discovered it. And now, uh, that prompted Lady Feng to allow us to live here. So, I have a few questions, and I'm pretty sure my companion has a few questions. Um, why'd you leave your partner in a mountain for 30 years? I told like him if it you was... knew that he was, if you knew that he was going for it, why would you? And he didn't return. Why didn't you send anyone after him? It was too dangerous. I told him. We scouted for many years. We scouted that mountain. Many times, being chased away by the fire giants that live there. But he wanted to do one last trip. And I told him it was foolish. No. And one day I woke up and he was gone. I knew where he went. There was no stopping him. We had already secured passage north to Luskin to start on a new expedition. I found a note saying, to continue with that, I'll let you know what I find. And that was it. I can't even look northeast at that mountain. It's, it's too hard. May I have that um yes you may but I want to let you know that the contents might be disturbing uh as they definitely contain his like last dying well I guess writing not breaths but uh on the on the last page that there's like words on there's a little bit of like blood like he was coughed up a little bit of blood uh so yeah you can absolutely have it but it's disturbing and uh Cax is gonna hand him the original notebook he 
he reaches out. At this point, he's just uh, a constant kind of stream of tears as he as he very shakily takes it, and he kind of just puts the book up to his chest and he kind of breathes for a moment. I don't know if I'll ever be able to read this, but in a weird way, I suppose it's some sort of closure. And he he reaches a hand into his uh very like buttoned up tight hat. He has like one of those like scarves that tuck in on the inside. That's how posh this dude is. And he reaches in and he actually unlatches something from his neck and he strings it out and he holds out a ring. This was his lucky charm. He, for some reason, left it behind. I don't know if it would have made a difference in his journey or not, but you two seem like adventurers. You seem like you've gotten into a couple scraps. Maybe, maybe this could be of use to you. And you take a look, and it is a silver ring with, like, filigree designs on the sides with a, uh, a black set jewel on the top of it. And uh, how far away from you are you, Kat, uh, Nyx, from this? I've been standing um, at Cax's side about one foot back. Okay. Um, kind of acting like a bodyguard. Sure. Um, and as he holds it out, it, it gets kind of within a certain bubble of you, and you just kind of tell right away that there is a magical aura on this ring. Yeah. Oh, did you have any any questions for him, or do you have any questions for him? No, this is a bittersweet day, I suppose. I hope uh, that can help you out better than it did myself or Texas. And he like he leans over and he I, I find, finally kind of acknowledges uh, you, Nix, and kind of gives you a respectful nod of appreciation as well. Well, when we uh, when we did when we found him, we did uh, lay his body to rest the best that we could, so you can sleep easily knowing that. <laughs> I do appreciate that. That's well, really. I think that will let me sleep well for the rest of my days. I guess the world's tallest midget, if I remember correctly. <laughs> world's tallest dwarf. Dwarf. That's what it was. <laughs> well, Cax will gently accept the ring. And, uh. <clears throat> well, uh. If you have any questions, uh, I don't know that I'll be back here anytime soon. So I, I wish you the best and uh, good luck in whatever you're working on on the wall there. That has my interest. Uh, you look over, uh, roll a investigation. And he, he sees you doing that, so um, roll, roll advantage. You have the time. Uh-oh. That's a nine. <laughs> The advantage uh, you, was a three. Ooh, uh, you 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 look it over, and it it's it's a lot of old dusty papers, and and it it seems to be like a little bit of like you notice they are grouped together, and they seem to be like 
hypotheses and and little crude drawn maps of like what seems to be like older expeditions um, that he kind of just hung up like in a little bit of a decoration on the wall. It doesn't look like it's anything moderately like a lot of the paper has like that like aged yellow to it. He's just it looks it looks to Cax like he's just reminiscing about old ventures. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do I notice anything out of place in the room? Uh, roll a perception or investigation. Your choice. 22. 22. You do notice that as you see him look over at that stuff that a, a good portion of some of the papers on the sides of one of like the kind of like circular papers that are kind of pinned up to the wall look a little bit fresher. And upon examination, like he... he he, he sees you guys doing that, and he doesn't seem to care at all. He's just kind of actually kind of like, like, he seems to be holding that book tighter and, like, looking around the room a little bit. Um, as you look over at them, you kind of glance a little bit at it. Um, they seem to be um, in a different scribbled handwriting. Um, a lot of the handwriting you've seen with a lot of it seems to be very uh, meticulous and careful, and a lot of the other stuff is scribbled in. And you kind of like flip open a couple of those just to kind of look at it. And it seems to be um, very reminiscent of the handwriting from the journal. And they may they may have been like the last, as you like look at a couple of them, a lot of them are buried. You kind of leaf over them. You're getting the impression it's um, Taxus's last like thoughts on trying to get to Gauntlegrim. Nix is just going to return to Cax's side. Cax is going to look over at Nix for a second and, like, make eye contact and try to relay something mentally to him before turning back to the other guy. Like, he, like Cax is, it looks like Cax is trying to get a read on Nix. And then he's going to turn back to, uh, to Gregory and say, what was so interesting about Gauntlegrim that uh, your partner was willing to risk his life to find it? Well, you've never heard of the stories of Gontelgrim? Well, no, but... Uh, yes, I have. But what was so interesting about it? Like, what was the contents of Gontelgrim that would... Uh, an, an adventurer, an explorer, someone looking for long-lost ruin would go there knowing that it could be and would be their death after being run off several times by fire giants? That's what has my interest. The dwarves... They mostly live to the east in Mithril Hall. And I'm sure you are aware the the vast wealth underneath them. Well, they're still reliant for the most part on on coal to heat their forges. The Gauntlegrim, however, the running away happened. That was also the thing as well. We, we don't know why Gauntlegrim was abandoned the way it was. But they also had the active volcano. No need and with, with the heat from that, they could forge even stronger metals. And the dwarves can't really do that as well as they used to. So the discovery of Gontelgrim could really benefit a lot of things economically. Historically. There's lots of other, but for some, for Taxus, 
it was all about the history. He wanted to know. He wanted to know what happened to it, why the dwarves had to abandon it. Unfortunately, it took his life. X. Hmm? Roll an insight check on Nyx. Nyx is gonna stab him. Eventually. <laughs> He's gonna use vampire touch and we're gonna have to put him in the bag of holding again. We're gonna end up with another raisin. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> Negative Ghost Rider. It's a six. Okay. Hmm. Well. Uh, I think that'll do for my curiosity. I do very well do appreciate this. It's not much coming from an old man like me, but you really helped settle a lot of things in my heart. Absolutely. If if we come across any other ruin, should we uh come back and let you know? Or do you think you found most of them out here? Uh, I've been out of the business ever since we lost him, but I'd have to think on that. If you do find anything interesting, feel free to send it to me one way or another, I suppose. Maybe it'd be good to get back out there just a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, just one last adventure. In his memory. I'll let you know. You see a, a pale smile on his face. He tells you you're trying to trying to do do well by him, and he seems to kind of absorb a little bit of it in his grief. Uh, Cax will turn to Nix and say, "Well, if you are if you are ready, I think we we have a couple other things we have to attend to." Nix is just gonna nod. I uh. I don't think uh, him down the hall. If you want to walk past him, I bet you he's not even halfway down the hall yet. Oh no, he was very slow. We we arrived like twenty minutes ago, before getting to the door. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so you waited for him coming over? We yeah, we didn't know where you were, so we walked from the door here. It felt like twenty minutes. Oh, oh. and it's not Thanks even for... that far to the front door. It is really not. No, but thank you for entertaining him. No, absolutely. Old man's got to do something. That's true. Apparently it's struggle to open doors, struggle to close doors, and struggle to walk slightly down a hallway. I, I, I've told him we can install some sort of mechanism to make that door easier, but he insists. He says it's part of his exercise. Oh, whatever gets him up in the morning. I suppose. Thank you again, and, and enjoy your day. Absolutely. And Cax will... Turn to walk out the door. Sure. And as Cax turns away and starts walking towards the door, Nyx is going to be staring at this old man very hard. And in Abyssal is going to see, say, in that wonderfully deep demonic voice, You are a fool, and you let your friend die. And he just kind of cocks his head. And he just like awkwardly like waves to you and I will turn around and follow Cax out the door we'll make our way back towards the front door I imagine <laughs> and Cax um, will like say over his shoulder to Nyx I don't know what you said but 
It didn't sound nice. It wasn't meant to. Yeah, well, you know. Should we try to open the door without Jeeves, or should we try to let him struggle? No, let's just get out of here. Literally, as you as you guys are having this, you walk right past him as he's walking to the front door. <laughs> this entire property makes me very uncomfortable. I'd like to just leave. Yeah, fair enough. I can't reach the latch. I'll need you to do that. That's it's a little too, too high up. So you guys... Would you like to do anything else, or are you headed back to the Green Leaf? Jack said he had stuff to do, but I, I'm I'm tapped. Um, yeah, we're just gonna. Were we meeting at Greenleaf or were we meeting at the bar? I thought it was the bar. Oh, I think I think it was the bar. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to follow Cax because I've never been there. Yeah, yeah, but you guys left something at the Greenleaf letter. <sighs> yes, we did, and it's now the proprietor's do, um responsibility. Unless you want us to take him along. I Unless want you... a giant dog. <laughs> take the giant dog. Unless you roll ranger, you're going to have to do animal handling checks and, 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 and pray to God you don't roll a natural one. Take the dog. Hmm. We haven't smash cut back to you yet. <laughs> We're still in the no, I think it's hard to get Globert into the portal. So anyway, we make our way out of the front of the house. <laughs> and I turn to turn to Nix and go, he's he's holding something back. He like has what? to be. Like something uh, hidden in that city? Like, so th- there's got to be something other than, oh, they can forge stronger metals with hotter uh, forges because they're not having to use coal. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Better, uh, you know, better weaponry. But it just doesn't seem right. Like, there must have been something else down there. And I think... I don't really know what I think. Could it have been the god that they were trying to summon down there? No. I don't think that... That two... Uh... God, there's a word for this. Um, like people that dig up relics and things like that. I don't think that they would like be trying to summon gods. But at the same time, there's more than just history for in in purpose for going down there. There's got to be some sort of money involved. There has to be. Not necessarily. For some people, knowledge is currency. You think that's you think that someone that owns that house, knowledge is currency. Your proprietor feels that way. He doesn't deal in in knowledge as the currency. He deals with currency as the currency, and he deals with paying for the knowledge. So he collects the knowledge. He then sells the knowledge and profits. Secrets, trading, things like that. I don't think there's anything to be learned that could sell well enough for Gontogrim. Just because it's a mountain infested with fire giants. Then by that logic, there should be no libraries. I mean, you, you 
make money selling the books, right? Right. But you can't yeah. write the books if you don't know the history. Sure you can. Isn't there an entire section of uh, uh, fiction? Yes. Don't have Falsification. Fiction. Yeah, exactly. Fantasy, if you yeah. will. Well, pretty fantastical. But either way, there's, there's something about... In, you're traveling with someone for long enough to become, like, friends and partners with them. Why would you let them off on their own? If you know that they're, they're deeply... Deeply, like, fascinated with this one thing that may or may not cause their death, why would you let them off alone? Unless you would profit or, or be better off with them gone. But that's not... I don't know, it just bothers me. I don't like being lied to either, and I feel like I was being lied to, but there wasn't enough there. Either he's a damn good liar, or he's just truly reckless. You want to go back in, and I'll talk to him? You really want to deal with Jeeves again? <laughs> I mean, we're halfway to the bar at this point. He has to be back at the door by now. He has to be. And if he's not, he will be by the time we get back to the house. And I don't think that there's anything for us to learn to better off ourselves by knowing the true purpose of him letting his friend die and then putting on a charade of being upset by it. I think he's either a truly reckless man or he's an old man who's right on death's doorstep that's just holding one little secret for the next... 10 years until he dies too. I'm just sharing my thoughts on it because I think it's a little bit bizarre and I was wondering if you also got that same feeling from it. That's why I looked at you before I asked him about Gondolgrims. I, I was trying to be like, hey Nyx, you you get this? Is this kind of weird to you too? But that stoic face you have just said no. Just said, oh, this building is pissing me off. People shouldn't be this rich. <laughs> Which is fair, but I'm, I'm was, rambling. It was less about the building, just the fact that he let his friend leave. He may as well, been, may as well have been responsible for Taxus' death. That's what I'm saying! Reckless, but I don't reckless see, abandon. I don't see anything past that. You don't think he could have profited somehow from his death? Not if he's still being funded by Lady Fang. Well, think about it this way, right? Right. So let's just let's just look at it uh, financially. Let's say you and I go into business, right? 50-50 split. We both put in half the work. We both reap half the rewards. Well, let's say that Proprietor Jertin is funding us to get us to the location. And then he requires 20% cut. Well, that's 40% for you, 40% for me, and 20% for him. Right? Well, with you out of the picture, and there's only a couple things left to do, 80% for me, 20% for him, like there's profit to be made there if you die in reckless abandon. But, I don't know. It, all, it just seems a little bizarre to me. Yeah, well, his partner died down there, so I highly doubt any profit was made. 
It's not like he came back with the riches. But he did profit off of... He did profit off of that last job in Luxon. Who knows how much that brought? And then who knows what else he did after... It's been 30 years. You, you think he hasn't done anything in 30 years? I mean, the yellowing of the pages says probably not, but who knows? That's just what he think had he's, If you think he's that underhanded, I'll go back and kill him. I don't think that murder is the answer all the time. Why not? A good portion of the time, but not all the time. If you think he's that bad, then why let him live? Because he's only got like 10 years left. And in I'll tell 10 you years, what, we you deal can with, do a lot of damage. I tell you what, we deal with Lolf, we raise <laughs> Mr. Maskman, and then we come back here for his old twisted ass, string him up by his by his toes, and let Thrym test out old Thunder. Beat him like a piñata with bad candy. Alright, we'll put a pin you in know, this. Intestine. Jokes on you, that fight's gonna be even harder than Lolf. It turns out all of the artifacts were plus five magic items <laughs> that don't require attunement. Um, so you guys are heading to that bar still? Yeah. Okay. I would say for the remainder of the, you guys took your time going back. You guys debated this for a while as you slowly walked. Um, Nix, that gave you enough time to figure out that this is a ring of resistance. Oh, and, yeah, 100% Cax would have handed that to Nyx. Like, feeling magic coming off of it, he would have just yeah. handed it to Nyx to figure out what it was. And you have deciphered that it is a uh, ring of necrotic resistance. Okay. Does, for the sake of everything else, it literally says in, in its name what it does. Um, it does require an attunement slot. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out if I have any attunement slots left. Don't think I do. Did I give you back the necklace of wound closure? I think I still have that. It's in my list. Okay, then I, I don't think know why. yeah, I think you did give it back, but I think you just pocketed it right next. Yeah, I didn't bother to attune back to it. Okay. Yeah, I've got two, two uh, attunement slots then being taken yeah because I've got my sword the ring of vindictive tendencies I think that's all I have attuned right now I can get rid of the dragonborn journal because we just handed that off Woo! I, I, still have of of, I still have the uh, fire plane writ of trade too Can you PM me that gentleman's name? The that dude mm -hmm. who who owned the yeah, the, whose journal that was. Yeah. Thank you. You're I'm just welcome. adding a copy of his journal to my inventory. Tax. Mm -hmm. Would you have mm -hmm. any? <laughs> would you have any use for this ring? It, Grants resistance to necrotic damage. Uh, how much do you think it would go for? For sale? A uh, couple to a few hundred gold. 
If you're not going to use it, I'll use it. But Oh, well then, no, I, I have no use for it. All it's right. not very often that I find myself face-to-face uh, -face with necrotic damage. Alright. Necrotic, well, necrotic energy, not damage. Yeah. Whatever. Necrosis is bad for you. Stay in school, kids. I'll get it. I get it. I'll hang on to it. Did you did you like how I told him that we would we were kind with his remains and put him to rest after literally shaking his bones apart? I was gonna say, weren't you kicking around the skull for a little while? No, that wasn't me. I'm pretty sure that was Key. And then huh. Thrym thought it was a large dwarf. Yeah, I, I, I really don't care. Let the man think what he wants to think. Yeah, I, th I thought it would bring him comfort. I don't feel like he deserved it. No, I, I, but, you know, it got us a ring. If we were like, yeah, we shook your friend literally apart and then kicked his skull across the dormitory that we found him in, I don't think he would have given us a ring. Probably not. Have we made What's it to that? the bar yet? Oh yeah, yeah. We're sitting here. What do you mean? <laughs> this is the bar. I'm sorry, I'm still. We've had like four drinks. What the fuck is going on? You've had two bananas, an orange, and an apple, including the core. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd I'd say like we're like a block away at this point. Yeah, it's right up here. Do we wait outside or inside? I mean, I'd go inside, personally. We can grab a table, maybe... Maybe brunch? Sure. Do you have brunch in the Underdark? No, I'm actually not entirely sure what brunch is. If it's a meal in the Underdark, you kind of just... Eat when you can, or when you're told to, depending on where you live. So, like, brunch is like a late breakfast, early lunch, in between breakfast and lunch. It's usually a small snack. That sounds like a meal. Yeah, but it's, like, smaller than a meal and cuter than a meal. No. You, you, oh. Cute meals. Yeah, you have, like, a little... You squeeze an orange, right? And then you add a little bit of, like, uh, alcohol to it. Let's call them mimosa. And you have them with brunch. It's how people that are alcoholics have alcohol in the morning without being alcoholic. I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So right, right around this time as you guys are having this conversation, uh, our, two, our two large lads come waltzing in to greet you. Hey, looks like you beat us here, boys. I'm still trying to get over the brunch thing. <laughs> That's a pretty good description of brunch. It's just smaller and cuter. <laughs> <laughs> looks like you beat us here, guys. What are you, having a brunch? How do you know what that is as well? Why does everyone know what a brunch is but me? What the fuck is brunch? Right? Oh, it's like... It's uh. People that want to drink do it in the morning, but they hide it with like fruit and stuff to hide that they're drinking. You know, it's why would you hide? Why would you hide the fact you're drinking? 
because if you're one of those people that's like, oh, hey, look at me, I have a brown paper bag attached to my hand 24-7, you know, you have to hide it sometimes for sake of, like, social manners. You're definitely from a different time. Brown paper bags? What? <laughs> if you want a drink, just get a drink. I don't... Yeah, but then you get labeled as the town drunk. Oh? That's usually a bad thing. So, Thrym, what if I always treated you like you were absolutely sloshed, you know? 24-7. Like, that's how I always saw you. Regardless of how you were, I just looked at you and thought, you're sloshed, I will treat you as such. I don't really think anybody would ever do that. I tend to scare people. You're not good at he... hypotheticals. Anyway. <laughs> he has a point, though. Like, even if Thrym was drunk, like, 24-7, I still wouldn't mess with him. Anyway, uh, to Long Saddle we go. Yeah, uh, Juritan gave me the funds to cover it, so. Nice. Guys, you guys have some mimosas and some brunch, and <laughs> uh, eventually the, uh, the gnome comes around, uh, collects your money. Um, I don't know what the fuck Ethan's doing over there, you're freaking me out, buddy. Uh, he brings you to the back room, and just uh, in order to expedite this whole thing, he drums up a portal and <laughs> whisks you through. Um, you guys begin the teleportation to Long Saddle, and it is a beautiful time to take our break. And we are back. So BAM! Out of the portal, you guys appear in Long Saddle. Hooray. Right in the smack dab middle of the road, uh, where our other compatriots had landed last time. Uh, a couple of civilians have to scatter. Um, and from behind you, you hear a horse like Winnie, because it was about to ram right into you guys, and it reared up just in time not to. Uh, but you gentlemen are now in Long Saddle. I punched the horse. <laughs> I kill the thrim. Man, this this <laughs> campaign's getting dark. Ah, <laughs> uh, so we're two. So would you guys want to? I mean. The map says if we go south, we can go to the redeemed encampment. Or, or we hit Tribor and the redeemed encampment. But if we go north, we could check out Mithril Hall and Silvery Moon. And the Evermores. Well, from what we gathered from Archmage Juritan, Silvery Moon's not too keen on Drow right now. Yeah. And given their magical fortification, I don't even think my ring is going to uh, hide my identity. Well, if we can't go one way, I guess south it is. Alright, so I believe you guys were debating which direction to go in. Yeah. Well, if we're blocked from the north, I guess south is where we'll go. If we head south, we can stop in Tribor, catch up with Clint, and see if he's had any further communication 
with my old house. You have someone who can talk to your house in Tribor? It's a long and complicated story. <clears throat> yeah, not surprised always is with you. I guess south it is, boys. I will we say should... we murdered an evil wizard. We should probably just, st since we're here, talk to Archmage Jurt and see if he has any new information. Yeah, we might as well. It's only been a day. I doubt he's got anything. You know? I say we, we should head out sooner. Uh, I kind of want him to help me with something, too. That's fine. Shopping sprees. Shopping! So are you, are you all going in, or is Thrym just going to chat with the Archmage? Nyx has nowhere else to be, so I'm going to follow Thrym. Okay. I'm going to hang with the gnome that was doing the drawings. Sure. Him and I have hung out a lot at that bridge. <laughs> and, uh, Cax, what are you doing while this is happening? Cax is going to go with Nix and Thrym. Sure. All right, so you guys begin to cross the bridge. Uh, Key stands behind. And as you guys got a glance over, you notice that him and the gnome actually have, like, a little, like, cool little handshake that they do. Uh, you guys go in, you all know where to go, um, and you really? notice there's a couple people kind of uh, going in as you're walking down the hall to the office. A couple people go in, and a couple people go out, and then another rushed person goes in, and then goes out. And they seem to be just kind of like heading towards exits when they're leaving. Um, and you guys go over to the door, um, you kind of peek in a little bit, the door's open, and he, the Archmage is there, smiles... Uh, very kindly and, and, and beckons you all in. Back so soon? Yeah, well, we took care of the people looking for Cax. Oh, that's, uh, that's very good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, was it related to uh, the doppelganger? Or was that a separate thing? It could have been. Bounty hunters. Hmm. Um, have you had any new information since the last time we spoke? No, I, I, for the most part, we've been, I've just sent some people out to potentially make the trip itself. I have a, two people going north and one person going south. And as they travel, sending me information based on what they see, um, Muldrez took a trip into the Evermore's in two days now, or a day and a half. I'm waiting for him to return, but he does have the ability to contact me telepathically, and he hasn't relayed anything yet, so nothing of concern yet. I did chat with the Lady of Silvery Moon. They are worried that the drow could be ramping up for some sort of offensive against Silvery Moon at this point. My guess is they believe that you two are in there somewhere. Then again, it's only a theory. No major action has happened yet, but we'll be certain to help continue to keep an eye on it. But it's probably best we stay the fuck away from there. 
Unless you have any other way of potentially getting in, which unfortunately, teleportation is still off the table. That might be a good bet for now. You... You dabble in alchemy. I was wondering if you could actually help me with something. Oh, okay. What, what do you have? Uh, I'm going to reach in the bag of holding, and I'm going to pull out my bottle full of the fire cricket goop. Fire cricket goop. So he takes the, the bottle, and he... He kind of brings it over to like what looks like a little bit of a chopping board, and he takes a little bit out. And as he does, it, there seems to be like a, a black smoke that kind of wavily rises from the little drop that he puts on it. What a creature did you get this from? I'm assuming it's a creature. It was a cricket from the fire plane. When, uh, when we ate them, we felt a little nauseous, but... Cax actually had a, like a pretty severe like reaction to it, kind of like a hallucina hallucination. So I was wondering if you could help me make something that I could put on my weapon. Okay, like a coating of sorts. Yeah, kind of like a poison. I don't know what uh, what the effect will be, but I can certainly give it a try. And he. Uh... As you guys just kind of have small talk with him, he uh, very expertly takes out uh, a, a mortar, mortar and pestle and an alembic and all these like alchemy tools. He takes a couple powders and puts a drop in and starts cranking it around. Um, he, he puts what, what seems to be like a dropper and he actually just has a cup next to his table. He puts the dropper in and it's a clear liquid and he drops it in and sparks like, kind of plume from the mortar. And as he kind of grounds it up, he goes, all right, well, that's not going to work. And he kind of takes that and dumps it out into a pile next to his desk for now. Um, and he starts again, and he, he takes a moderate amount of this goop, uh, kind of plays around with a couple other ingredients, and he does find um, a almost like a, a gel consistency out of um, uh, about I'd say about half of the liquid that's in there, half the remaining liquid. Um, so he takes the gel and kind of like bends it into like another small bottle, hands it to you, and then he repeats the process. Um, so over the course of that, with a little bit of trial and error, which I use some dice rolls to kind of figure out how many doses, uh, you end up with uh, two doses of the Cricut Goo gel. And it will be a, a DC 13 con save. And it applies essentially the spell enemies abound if they fail the constitution saving throw. So yeah, he finishes the, the two doses enemies abound, DC 13 constitution saving throw. Um... You can probably just gra grab that information. It's from Xanathar's Guide to Everything, which I think you have okay. a book for that, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Got that. Yeah, you'll find you'll find all the stats in there for it. Um, and on your way out, um, you you kind of you kind of ask ask around, and the the general consensus is as as you guys are heading out, you know, people are going up to you, and you guys are have a pretty good reputation here, and you have a lot of different people. 
And, and on your way out, you you mentioned Thrym. Just kind of idea pops in your head about trying to make a, a more powerful uh, sling or something that will be a little bit more uh, beefier than, than what you currently have. Uh, you actually end up talking to somebody who works with uh, the local blacksmith. And they say for, for 500 gold, they'd be able to reinforce your sling with uh, Ironwood, which would increase the damage from 1d4 to 1d6. Okay. I will do that then. Cool. And it only take that would take about half an hour. You guys are just now waiting in the town. We're essentially right around where you guys got teleported to uh, while that's finishing. Um, Alright. So, cool. So, you guys are... Uh, headed out of town to the south, if I'm correct. Yeah, we're going to make our way to Tribor. Cool. Alright, so that is a three-day trip. I did this map before I uh, learned the uh, virtues of scaling uh, with <laughs> locations. Um, so it is... is are you, do, you, do you guys planning on traveling until nightfall, or just pushing through or what's your what's your pace for this you guys have still been doing just a regular day night cycle sleeping at night kind of thing anyway but I just wanted to ask for planning sake I mean we seem to already be on a diurnal sleep cycle so probably push through until I don't know late night sure alright so uh, during the remainder of your charm remembers <laughs> uh, so I'll have you guys uh, roll just roll one perception check for your travel uh, south 18 okay. 23 18 uh, all of you get almost like this like pins and needles like on the back of your neck as if you're all being watched and there's no empirical evidence as far as you can tell. It's a it's a beautiful, like, partly sunny day. Uh, birds are chirping. There's nothing hostile around you. You have come across a couple people traveling to and fro. Um, you guys are actually getting smiles for occasionally from people as you're going. You're, you're kind of used to the uh, distrust of people on the road. Um, but you, you guys can't put your fingers on it, but some, something just kind of feels off with it. Okay. Out comes thunder. The next time Cax feels like, like the instant he feels like he's being watched, he's going to stop dead in his tracks and immediately scan his surroundings. Okay. Um, and that, that, that feeling, it, it, it kind of lingers it's it's nothing as like shocking as like there was a moment moment in time where you just like felt it like a moment of dread and then it like faded a little bit but there's something that's still like it's almost like you get that like ringing in your ear and it's it's barely on the edge of going away but it's there um the sun begins to set um you know between your usual chatter with each other um you all kind of feel a little bit more hyper vigilant as you're as you're traveling. Uh, it 
sun after a while begins to set at this point, and there seem to be many areas off to the sides of the road that have like old campfire set up, so you just have to figure out uh, what your resting situation is going to be like for the night. I mean, I don't have to be down long, so I can rest first and then watch the rest of the night. Good idea. I'll take first watch, then. Okay, so you guys just choose, like, a camp spot and set up and everything? Yep. Okay. Um, as you guys, you guys, I'm assuming, are just, like, eating the random foods and stuff, your, your rations and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm not obviously worried about subtracting shit from your inventory between town to town kind of stuff. Um, but as you guys are setting up, you got the fire. The sun's officially gone down at this point. It's It seems to be a like a new moon where it's coming out of having uh, the, uh, the kind of whatever the hell the moon cycle is where there's no moon, whatever the fuck that's called. New moon. New moon. Is that what it is? I don't fucking know. The that was a Twilight moon. book. Ah, uh, see, that's where that's where I'm messing that up. <laughs> so there, there's really <laughs> that's a different campaign for a different time, boys. Being followed by Edward Cullen. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so there, there's not a lot of moonlit illumination coming coming from the sky. Um, you obviously your your dark visions are kind of helping, kind of illuminate. You guys are still feeling a little uneasy. Um, but you chose a spot that has a couple, like, logs that are kind of centered around a fire and everything. Um, and off to your right, uh, Cax, you're, you're sitting down, you're just kind of getting comfortable, the, there's a chill in the air. And you, you kind of notice a pair of red glowing orbs immediately to your right. Like, in your peripheral. I'm going to slowly turn to look not quite towards them, but move them a little out of what would be, uh, like, a, a binocular focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to be looking, like, if, if they're right here, I'm going to be looking, like, just off to the side, where if I, I can glance over and still look at them. Okay. But... Not directly head on. All right. As you do that, uh, the two orbs of red kind of shift perspective. And you realize you're looking into a set of eyes, except you can see through the rest of it. It's only the eyes. As you as you see that, the, the glow of the fire uh, kind of illuminates a silhouette. And now that you now that you're kind of you, you've turned your view to kind of look at it, the eyes look at you and you actually notice there seems to be a gesture within a, a facial structure. And it literally looks at you and does one of those like sup nods. How far away is this silhouette? It seems to be taller than how you're sitting, but right next to you. From 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 where your view is, you're able to kind of see that it's looming over you. Uh, but that's all you're able to decipher with how you're looking. How close am I to the fire? Uh, two and a half feet. I'm going to turn to look at it directly then. Okay. 
<laughs> he said I wouldn't be able to find you. <laughs> I, I proved him wrong. It took me all day. And there, there's no masking this. It's, it's a, just a straight up voice. So everybody turns to see two orbs and a very faint, wispy, dark outline. And if it wasn't for the firelight kind of giving a little bit of reflection off that, there would only be those two orbs. But there seems to be a, a, a humanoid shape to it as you look. And it's actually just kind of sitting with its arms rested on its knees. And it's still maybe just like a, like a foot and a half taller than how you're sitting, Cax. <clears throat> Does he seem pretty focused on Cax? Uh, at the moment, yes. I want to try and sneak around behind him. Alright, roll a stealth check. Is there any rocks nearby? Uh, yeah, just I... just the circle of rocks around the campfire. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to blend into the rocks in the campfire. He just like starts crawling like through the fire. <laughs> oh, that's not too bad. 16 or 18? 16. Uh, 18. Okay. Uh, as far as you tell, he's just kind of focusing on Cax. So just as you're, like, looking at him and kind of, like, doing a sneaky sneak, uh, he doesn't seem to be reacting. And he turns, the the eyes turn, and, and now that you guys are aware of the of the eyes and are getting used to the body shape, it just, it looks like, uh, yeah, like a, like a, if a humanoid essentially had, like, wispy air for a body. He looks over. Yes, the one with the armor. There's the one. He looks kind of grumpy. Yes, okay, that checks out. And little one, where's the, where where's the big one? And he kind of, like, leans up and, and looks around you you guys you guys you guys don't talk very much do you uh, i'm gonna put thunder to the side of his head and ask him what he wants like just what do you want oh oh he didn't say there would be fighting i don't want to fight uh that's the odds are not in my favor who said did, did he did he not tell you to expect someone? Lord, Lord Veyron? His messengers do show up pretty quick, don't they? I'm gonna walk up and shake his hand. And a, a, a very wispy, like, pressure, like, goes against you, and there's a physical form to this creature. And as, as he does that, he opens his mouth, and this, like, very visible mouth shows up. It, it's it's a stark contrast to the fact that you can see through him and see Thrym through him. And this like tongue like almost like cartoon like rolls out and right on the tongue facing the campfire is uh Mark of Veyron. He sent the Cheshire cat. No, I'm a shade. I am not a cat. I assume it is a majestic creature, yes. Oh, that got me. That got me good. You're welcome. Uh, what message does Lord Veyron have for us? No, he told me to find you. He told me to uh, send 
uh, a portal to him. About time. What? What? What about time? It's a it's a construct. It's not, it's not sunlight. No, no sunlight. It just ended. I was following you for many hours. It was too much sunlight. I couldn't. I couldn't handle it. So I hid in your shadows until we we got here. Sun went down. Wait, by a portal to him. You're gonna open up a portal to take us to him. Yes. Huh? But you don't think I can do it? No, no, I'm just, uh... I thought we were gonna have to spend the next few days walking around, trudging through, you know, land and sun, but... Looks like things are about to get a lot easier. When you said sun, there was almost a physical reaction, like the, the shade, like, flickered a little bit back when you said the word sun. No, I'd make spinny thing. Step through. Go to Lord Veyron. Yeah, it said something about missions. I'll look at the group and say, "Well, you guys want to stay up for another hour or so and get a mission from from our Lord Veyron, <laughs> our Lord and Savior Veyron, <laughs> from your Lord Veyron." Our I, I, Lord my Varen. Lord Varen. No, he is, he, is, he is your Lord, too. Not mine. <laughs> you will see. Not my God. Not my God. I, I have a feeling I already know what we're going to be doing. Let's go. Yeah. Hopefully not sucking his dick. Hopefully sucking his dick. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure to collect all of your things. I will, This will be a one-way I will not so be you can back open to collect... a portal, but you don't know the word for portal. The the, the, the swirly thing. Portal. P -p portal. Portal. Is 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 that what this is? And he just takes an arm and just slams it out, and this giant circular distortion just appears in the air. That might not be a portal. Fair enough. No, no, it's it's a thing. It's it's a thing. That... It gets you there to there. Thrim grabs oh, his stuff and just goes in. You're right, that might not be a portal. That just might be a spinny thing. And Cax is going to step through. Okay, uh, next, next. Yeah, I'm, I'm just walking off. through. I'm going to clean off the dirt from my armor, trying to look good for Lord Varen, and then I'm going to step in. God. <laughs> Showing up to a fucking first date. Make sure my chest piece is all ironed. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest you show up for a first date in full plate armor that's a flex dude you're getting laid that night for sure how dare you <laughs> later claim like visible i mean i know someone you can borrow some from will it fit i uh, actually it might fit you hell yeah okay you? I'll, I'll swing by tomorrow you come through too Who are you speaking? We're all in the portal. Oh, there! Oh, they left. Oh shit! Okay, cool. And he, and he, uh, off-screen steps through the portal as well. Yeah, we didn't get <laughs> to like, see any of that. <laughs> I like that everybody went through the portal. And he's like, "You?" Oh, <laughs> he like breaks the fourth wall. He's like, "You?" 
<laughs> Viewers, you in? <laughs> All right. You don't so, want to miss this. As you as you travel, you know, you guys have had your fair share of traveling through uh, portals at this point between cities, and those are very quick. Like you're in there for a second and a half. This probably takes a good 15 seconds if you were to count it out very quick successions almost like epileptic seizure inducing flashes of purple and red and finally you're shunted out and with a decent amount of momentum and you all kind of bang into each other as you kind of boom 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 welcome we are here I can close the thing now. You guys see him kind of like... He pulls his arm back, and that's when the portal just disappears. What color was the portal? The portal itself was bubbly and black. What did it okay. smell like? Um, It smelled like uh, patchouli, and a it, little it... bit like um when you get like rotted salami. Uh, yeah, if I open yeah, my smells... mouth, if I open my mouth, could I taste it? Yeah, you can probably taste it. Yeah. <laughs> what did it taste like? No. <laughs> um, gravel mixed with a little bit of um patchouli. Dog, dog patchouli. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so like home? Uh, just like home, absolutely. Gravel and patchouli. Gravel and patchouli, guys. Every uh, stone giant encampment. <laughs> yeah. You guys are in a square chamber with red chiseled stone and this stone itself seems to be emitting a red glowy hue all over it's not it's nothing too intense but it's as if the entire room itself was like the the intensity of like a red nightlight and there's an arch that leads into a separate room that also shares a glowing red hue to it. As you look out into the next chamber, there seem to be large vaulted windows and what seems to be a pitch black night on the outside of the windows. Black night, you say? A black night. Um, do you got you get? Do you all move into this next chamber along with uh, the shadow creature? Yes. Okay, and he, he begins to walk, and as you guys are, he, he kind of floats with, like, the legs up a little bit, and you kind of just hear him, like, giggling to himself. And he, he just suddenly turns. He will be most pleased to see you. He will be most pleased to see me. Ah, uh, everybody will be happy, yes? You happy? I will happy? be. Are you happy I brought you here? Is it... I need to know. Sure. Good job, buddy. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Huh? Anyone who brings me to Veyron is a friend of mine, and I'm going to remove my helmet before walking into the next chamber. Sure. <laughs> um, as you guys go into this chamber, it's the floor itself, and ever, there seem to be large pillars in this room uh, laid out. You almost believe that it seems to be some sort of courtyard, uh, like, set up. The, these large vaulted windows, and as you look up, you realize there's no ceiling to this place. And there seems to be a full moon in the sky 
but it seems to be tinted a little purple. Um, you guys, if you, if you were to look out these windows as you guys kind of travel down this courtyard, um, all you can see is a faint outline of landscape on the outside. Um, dark vision isn't giving you jack shit in this environment. Uh, you're not able to divulge any other information besides the fact there is some sort of landscape out there, but you're not sure if it's just the inside of the, these windows or if it's uh, because of it being nighttime here. Uh, you guys also detect a faint smell of burning that is moderately reminiscent of the elemental plane of fire. Oh god, we're back in hell. Up ahead of you, now kind of approaching after, so you guys normally have 120 feet, and as you guys walk down, suddenly in view, sitting cross-legged on a seat, you see the Lord of Shadow himself grinning ear to ear. Do we recognize those seats from the elemental plane of fire? Uh, so, so glad you asked before I did. Yeah. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I literally have it in my notes here. Um, as you guys get closer, it is the most polished wood. And it has like these like very like kind of frilly accents that immediately because of Key's uh, interaction with him and the express intent you get the you 100% are almost certain that this throne is made out of uh, that shit from the elemental plane of fire. Yes, I'm into it. Oh my goodness, he actually did it. No, no, come in, come in. Come here, Shade, come here. I did it. <laughs> They're here. Are you happy? Are you pleased, the Lord? Yes. Come. And as he puts a hand on the shoulder, the shade just evaporates. I can't believe it. I didn't think he'd be able to do it. He seemed absolutely batshit crazy. But he begged me. Give him a task. I told him to do that. I'd release him. And you're here. Gentlemen. And he like snaps a finger, and a couple more of like these like shade creatures begin dragging these wooden chairs out. I've been waiting to show these off. Please have a seat. I will take a seat as ordered. Oh, what the hell? I'll go sit down to see what all the fuss about these chairs is about. Thrim! The second your ass hits that chair, it, it it's fucking wood. But man, if it isn't heaven, it like contours to fill your ass cheeks. And ever that th these chairs are like supporting your body like fucking a, a bed a bed of feathers. It's got to be some sort of city of brass magic. And then he gets a quill straight up the. <laughs> <laughs> Where where does John find one of these chairs? <laughs> <laughs> In a magical realm known as IKEA. <laughs> as he sits, he begins to absentmindedly uh, begin to spin something in his hand. 
and uh, you wreck it. You notice it's it's some sort of sphere. But our magically inclined three people, as you get, as you, uh, I know some of you haven't sat down yet. You realize then at that point that whatever he's holding and whatever you're feeling coming off of him, it's almost like you're standing at a beach on high tide and something, a magical aura keeps just slamming into you. Like the, the power levels of what you're experiencing are unbelievable at this point. Even Cax gets a little bit of like a, a weird, almost headache coming from the proximity to Veyron currently. Do uh, Nyx and Cax sit down? No. Nyx remains standing. Are you sure I made it custom for you? I'm sure you did. Cax will have a seat. Ah! Ah! Did he actually looks at you and, and tries to see your reaction to the chair? I mean, it's alright. Ah. Oh. I wouldn't buy one. Well, the legs, are, the legs are too tall to hoist myself well, up here. I couldn't here. remember how tall you were. I mean, it was ages ago that we were there. I had kind of had to do them like, I want one for something this tall. And Aren't you a god? You should know these things. I, I don't remember heights and arbitrary things like that. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. We found him. So, as soon as our access arrives, the plan is you get in, you find Bjorn, and just get him the fuck out. Unfortunately, what we know as of this point until my contact gets here is that he is indeed in the demon web pits. Which obviously means if you go in, you are going into the heart of Loth's territory. Now, my influence, I can't go there. I'm going to be able to provide you with assistance shortly. But it's up to you. I believe whatever mechanism is holding him there can't be messed with by divine will. And unfortunately, our followers and creatures here wouldn't be able to budget. But between your strength, your martial prowess, and your magical abilities, you should be able to bust him out. All right. I don't know what it's going to look like on the other side. All I know is I have something that will assist us, similar to the situation with that shade. See, in order to barter a few favors with creatures of demonic nature, they're usually bound to places. That one that found you had been serving his penance for a while, and I released him from that. So that's where we're at. 
I don't know if there will be a betrayal with this. I hope for his sake there won't be. He will be going with you. We're just waiting for him to arrive now, so I would recommend getting rest now. We can have a nice conversation. I can get some food. And before I forget, let's go ahead and incentivize this for you gentlemen a little bit. And he stands up and he takes out a rapier from his side and holds his hand up with the orb and takes the rapier and kind of balances the orb on it and holds it out to kind of be central to all of you. And then kind of similarly to the situation inside the cave in the elemental plane of fire, these purple beams of light just burst out from the orb and slam all into every one of your chests. Uh, you gentlemen have gained a level. Oh, shit. Okay. He snaps a finger and a table, beautiful wooden table from the city of brass is plopped in between the chairs and him. Uh, weapons, please, on the table. I lay oh. the swisher on the table. <laughs> I love that you get the name. <laughs> I'll put thunder on the table. Uh, very, very slowly place Shadowfell on the table. Okay. I place Whisper on the table. Okay. Pick it up, connect it, and then put it back on the table. Like, put it together and then put it back on the table. Nice. So for the Swisher, he smiles and picks it up. This is a deadly weapon. Gotta say, it looks completely badass being wielded by you. But let's make it a little bit more interesting, shall we? And with that, a burst of energy kind of comes down his arm into the Swisher until we find a better name for it. And better. it almost goes trans translucent. You can kind of see Veyron's hand through it, except this time the handle grows longer. You'll be able to do this a couple times per day. You'll you'll see it in action. And it reduces back down, and he hands it back to you. So your scythe uh, has another additional five-foot reach. Uh, it now has plus two to attack and damage. And I'm going to copy-paste this for you, but I am going to say it. Twice per long rest, you can activate the ability called Spectral Reach. It can hit up to three targets in range with one attack. What's it called? Spectral Reach? Yes. Holy fuck. It hit three targets with one attack? Yep. Twice per long rest. Okay. And I have a 10-foot range? You have a 10-foot range normally on that weapon now. And as you pick it up and you kind of wield it, as you swing it... It, the, the momentum itself seems to extend it out so you get that reach and as soon as you kind of end your swing it retracts back into its normal shape and he goes over to Thunder you've always struck me as the guardian of the group weird way Bjorn has always been a guardian oh. similarly it has now plus two to attack and damage and it gets an ability called Thunder's Absorption. 
Uh, name pending. Uh, three charges per long rest. On taking a hit, you can roll a 2d8 to reduce the damage by however much the 2d8 uh, goes to. Nice. So, three times per long rest. Fucking tank. Tank! Tank! He goes over to Shadowfell. Look, I saw your hesitation. I will hope these continued gifts will somehow make this relationship work a little bit more fluidly. We both have the same goal, after all. He picks up Shadowfell with the, the arm that does that pulses with energy, and you see a fine line of, like, white-hot energy go up the tip of Shadowfell. Um, so you get an additional... So you get, with that one, you get... What, what is your current... Uh, currently, what's your... I forgot to ask you earlier. Shadowfell's stats. Uh, right now, Shadowfell was boosted once and gave me a plus one on my spell attack. Okay, that's what I thought, but I just wanted to double check before I did it live. Uh, it now has a plus two to your spell attacks. Okay. And it gets an ability called Spell Loader. The weapon can absorb one touch spell that is cast upon it. It cannot absorb another spell till the first one is discharged. Upon a successful attack with Shadowfell, the wielder can choose to discharge the stored spell on target. Now that does, for, for the sake of mechanics right now, it... So if you choose to, to store a spell on it, it still consumes the spell slot, but you get that spell slot back when you rest. If it's a touch spell, does that mean I could do, like, Vampiric Touch? Yes, you can! Or so whatever. I could stab an opponent and cast Vampiric Touch at the same time. Yeah. Maybe I should start stabbing opponents. Indeed. And he hands Shadowfell back to you gently. And he goes over to Whisper... He picks it up. Now this is interesting. Have you ever thought about the magic inside of this device? Uh, honestly, I used to not think much. And he kind of looks it over and spins it. And he takes it apart. And normally it breaks into three pieces. Two. Two? Well, one piece, but the two limbs are connected by the string, so really two pieces but it's it's still one piece because mm -hmm. there's no so, tension on the string yeah so the 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 portion of the the bow that would normally be the top piece he points it out to you he goes it seems to be the magic is stored in this portion uh, there seemed to actually have been another effect on the bottom but something happened and it got scuffed and he takes a hand and wraps it around that limb, and it, the whole thing begins to glow. And then he reattaches it and hands it back to you. So now Whisper has a plus two to attack and damage. And the effect that originally we had to take away 
mm-hmm. is now uh, active. Hell yeah. I can't remember what that is, but I will find it. It's in chat. And we've already said it for everybody else, so I might as well say. Uh, whenever you are hidden... While you are hidden or invisible, your attacks with this weapon deal psychic damage instead of any other kind of damage they would deal. As a bonus action, you can roll a DC 15 concentration check. If you succeed, attacks made this round do not end your invisibility or reveal your position, if they otherwise would. If you fail, you can choose not to make attacks. Oh man, I, I forgot that existed. I'm so glad I picked up that potion of invisibility now. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend getting some rest. Oh. Well. Try not to judge. And he beckons over everyone's shoulder. And as you guys begin to turn around to look to see what he's pointing at, you smell this odor of, like, rotten meat. Mixed with, like, a little bit of, like, old corpse. And as you turn around, you begin to feel stomping that kind of vibrates the floor. This massive, giant, overweight, chunky demon with this round beer belly just lumbers forward. From behind him, these rotted wings that look like they've been melted just kind of hang limply from his back. You realize he's dragging two arms on the ground, and at the end of the arms are these like massive uh, claws, and it looks like they're stained with like old blood. Yes, so we into business, and he kind of like pushes between you guys, so two of you on one side, two of you on the other, and the smell is insanely offensive. And you see this large creature raise an arm up and then bow deeply. Gentlemen, meet Amdushis. In his unique manner, he seems to have procured the location of our prisoner. Let's say we talk about a prison break, shall we? About time. We will end our session there.